0: and welcome to the Well Read Podcast, a bi-weekly discussion on books and reading. I'm Hallie. And I'm Anne. And we are librarians who love to read and talk about books. And today we are talking about something very near and dear to my heart at the moment. We are talking about (laughs) books that talk about weddings. So we are, the day we are recording, we are just slightly less than three weeks away from my impending marriage. So we <laughs> thought this would be kind of a fun topic to talk about the way I well, I'm gonna say novels. Your all of yours are novels too, I think. Yes, so yeah. the way novel, you know, the way weddings are represented in in novels. I think we actually were talking about doing this last year in the spring. Yeah. And then that's when your mom passed away. So we right. just sort of I think we had prepared to record it, and then we didn't. So this is our yeah. I think we were trying to do it the day that I was like, I've
1: got yeah. to leave town. Yeah. And so, so yeah. Some of these these books are things that I I was listening to at that same time. So it was weird to write these up. Oh. And like oh, I've got this is my emotional tie to right. this book. Is kind of strange. But oh, I'm sorry, um, I didn't think about that. Oh no, it's not That's okay. totally fine. It's okay. just those are the kinds of things that that like the emotional sort of hallmarks in your life. That, right. that are are what make books interesting of, of yeah. how they fit in and how they slot into the, to your memories so yeah. so yeah it wasn't a big deal but I'm very stoked to talk about this because I am stoked about your wedding. So and I and I think all of our listeners are probably pretty happy for you. So oh, I'm just nice. I'm just thrilled. I think this is such a great thing.
0: I know it is fun. Obviously, it's kind of consuming my life right now to think about it and I talk about it a fair bit. I mean, it's such good dramatic fodder to have a wedding because there's totally. just so many so many potential complications and you're throwing people together who maybe aren't usually together. And so I don't know. I think a wedding is is a great source of inspiration for for books. And I actually had a fair number of books to choose from when I looked back to, to things that I've read that are either take place at a wedding where the wedding is sort of the starting off point and then the drama goes from there so it was fun it was fun to look about look at it and talk about all these books but I'm very hopeful that my wedding will be much calmer than how than what's represented in a lot of these books the best wedding you can imagine is
1: one that no one would write a novel, <laughs> novel about. about exactly exactly
0: something very uh, sedate and calm and fun yeah. and nothing unpredictable happens and yeah so but yeah I think that I don't know I think we could probably just start talking about our books. I don't know that there's much more introduction. and It's pretty obvious why we why I suggested that we talk about this. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, why don't
1: you give us your first
0: your first title?
1: Okay. My first one is Destination Wedding by Diksha Basu and this has tons of characters in it so it's actually a little bit difficult to talk about so I'm, I'm simplifying quite a bit but hopefully it makes sense so the i would say the main character is a woman named tina who is invited to her her cousin's wedding in new delhi and it's going to be a week-long affair and um i think that indian weddings are sort of have this this mystical place in the west i i think in the way like i know so many people that, that dream of being invited to an Indian wedding Mm -hmm. and so this is sort of that
0: they're pretty extravagant they're big deals it's a multi-day multi day. right several days right yeah and so
1: so and and so different from the way that we do weddings Mm -hmm. that in in the west or in at least in the United States typically um that that there's this kind of aspirational element to it and Mm -hmm. so this book I feel sort of fits that that itch a little bit of Mm -hmm. of being a part of that Um, so Tina is, is going to this wedding and she's really looking forward to it as a chance to get away from her life in New York, because she's just not sure of what, what direction she's going. She's very successful in, um, streaming media, but she doesn't feel quite American and she doesn't feel quite Indian. And so that that just is leaving her in a little bit of a limbo. And there's also a guy that she met in London that she has been hung up on. And she had a one-night stand with him. And it was just very magical. And so she knows that she needs to get past this. But she just doesn't. She hasn't done it yet. And Mm -hmm. so she decides that this wedding is going to be a great getaway. So she decides to take her best friend Marianne with her to the wedding. And Marianne also needs to get away to think about her relationship with her boyfriend Tom. Who she knows is perfect. But he's very calm and um down to earth and isn't as worldly as she thinks of herself and so she doesn't know that this is the best, best fit for her so she's also Tina is also taking along her parents who are amicably divorced um, but her mother Radha is bringing her much much younger American boyfriend with her and is very flamboyant in their relationship and her father Neil has already set up dates with Indian women that he has met online mm-hmm. so this is just setting up some some ridiculous situations mm-hmm. so yeah. they all have really strong expectations of what they think is going to happen and what they think India will do for them and what they um, want to learn from it but they, also, are going to realize that they aren't the people that they thought they were going into this wedding. Um, Neil, especially, is his his story is kind of interesting in the sense that he has he's from India, but he hasn't lived there for decades, and so his expectations of going back to India for I think the first time or or just very sporadically um, are are quite different. Mm-hmm. So I liked that element, and I also liked that these characters all have these. They've set up these expectations for what they think India should do for them, mm-hmm. but they aren't really anticipating what India actually is and how it's not there to conform to their expectations and mm-hmm. that it's its its own character and, and has its own... Uh, place in the story. So, okay. um, so of course, there's going to be lots of drama. All of these people that are, are getting together that are, are sort of at odds with their sense of self is is always a great setup for, for drama in any situation, but then you add a wedding into it,
0: and mm-hmm. that's just perfect. So that is Destination Wedding by Diksha Basu. Yeah, I remember when that came out, I really wanted to read that, and I think I still actually have it sitting on my shelf, but I have just not, yeah, just so many books, so little time. Yeah, I think,
1: I think you, didn't you read The Windfall and really like that one? Or no, am I... I haven't
0: read, did I read The Windfall?
1: I wanted to read The Windfall. Right. I don't
0: remember if I read it. Yeah, I can't remember if we I just talked about it or not. I don't remember. Isn't that terrible? I don't remember. Like, I feel like I did and liked it, but I just yeah. don't
1: remember. There's so many books that I, I was just telling someone this yesterday, there are so many books that I talk about because I have to, I know about them. Right. And I, I can talk about them with not authority. necessarily, to, yeah, uh, yeah. Like it is an opinion; it's just with authority. But sometimes it makes it hard to remember if I've actually read the book or not. Right? So.
0: Yeah. Sometimes I, I mean this is a prime example. I'm going to look yeah. it up after I'm done talking about my next book. I'm going to look up if I read *The Windfall*. All right. So my first one is *Seating Arrangements* by Maggie Shipstead. This is a very first title that popped into my mind when we said we were going to do this episode because I mm-hmm. think it so hits the nail on the head of what I think of when I think about a book that's set around a wedding. So it, it, it takes place over the course of a weekend, and it is the wedding of Daphne and Grayson. And Daphne is from pretty well-to-do family, and they're getting married at the family summer home in somewhere in New England, I'm not quite sure. And she is seven months pregnant. So it's sort of like they're doing the traditional waspy new england wedding but with sort of a forced sense of happiness because ideally she would not be seven months pregnant when she is getting married in her <laughs> in her family's eyes at the very least so the book uh looks at the way that the whole weekend plays out with all the different family dynamics that are happening so you have daphne's family where her dad is sort of feel, feels irrelevant in his job like he's getting a little bit older and he's always been somebody who's well respected but now he's feeling maybe like he's not valued as much and so he feels like he kind of has something to prove and her sister is I think it's her sister or her cousin uh has, has just gone through a difficult experience and so she's like i'm gonna have some fun this weekend i'm just gonna you know go in and maybe i'll flirt with some groomsmen or something like that <laughs> uh, and then you have grayson's whole family who are there as well and they're they're different from daphne's family so you have that dynamic of like two very disparate groups of people that are coming together because the children are getting married know, the right the bride and groom are getting married but it doesn't necessarily mean that the two families get along all that well uh and so i think it's just one of those books that it's if you like books that are rich people problem books which i love like those dysfunctional rich families uh where you kind of look you take a step back and you're like these are not real problems that you have <laughs> uh but it's for some reason it's just so entertaining to read about them this a cervic look at these families and the, the traditions and what they how much appearances matter is i think a, a through line of this book is sort of like you're seeing the underbelly of, of what the truth is versus, you know, how they want things to appear. And it's sort of ridiculous that, that they care so much about appearances because they're just people, you know, they're just people trying to do their best. And so it's sort of a satire, I would say, almost. Although not like the... Sometimes when I think of satires, I think of them as being kind of very dark in a way that I don't tend to like. And this one isn't like that. It's light. It's, it's funny. Um, so even though it's poking fun... At these families and weddings and, and these traditions, it does it in a way that doesn't feel negative to me or yeah. too negative to me, I guess. So um, there's lot lots of drama that's just inherent in this this weekend of these families coming together. Um, but yeah, I really liked I really liked the humor in it and I, I just thought it was a fun way um, to just spend a few days with these people that hopefully, I will never be in that kind of realm of, of you know, wealth and privilege and, and these expectations that are placed on these people. So that is Seating Arrangements by Maggie Shipstead.
1: I've, I haven't read that one. I've read other stuff of hers and really liked it. And I always wonder why I haven't gone back to that one because I'm the same way of, yeah. of rich people problems. We've, we've said this many times right, on the podcast. Right. Those are so much fun.
0: So. It's so fun. Yeah, I think you
1: would like it. I think you probably would like it. Yeah, I think so. Um okay next is The Guest List by Lucy Foley and this was super super popular so probably many listen- listeners <laughs> have already read this but I'm still going to talk about it. Um it's uh, about an exclusive wedding that takes place over a weekend at an island um off the coast of Ireland and it the couple is just your picture perfect couple that's that's too beautiful to to be real. Um the groom is named Will Slater and he is a rising um reality television star which makes it sound kind of different than than actually what it is i think he hosts a a reality show Mm -hmm. and um and then his fiance is named julie and she is an extremely successful and beautiful magazine editor so they're they're just the like the exactly what you picture with kind of celebrity but not Mm -hmm. super celebrity uh, not like a-list right exactly So the wedding is taking place at a historic hotel called Folly, and it's run by a woman named Eva and her husband Freddie. and she is acting as the wedding planner and he's the caterer. And they are really counting on this wedding for the success of the hotel because um, Julius Magazine is going to cover the wedding. And so so Aoife knows that everything has to be perfect because this is publicity that they can't afford to lose. So the, the wedding gets, the, the weekend gets off to a great start and all the guests are arriving from, um, over the water and, and, uh, everything seems to be in place, but because you're getting this, um, all of these different people congregating together who don't know each other, they all have their backstories and their experiences with this couple and they all have secrets for, um. The things that have happened in the past with this couple and so then a storm hits the island and the power goes out and so it's only a matter of time before there's a murder as I I always look forward to in these kinds of books. Um, So this is very obviously uh, recalling um, greatest hits of Agatha Christie and um, and so I like that homage to to her and there are many different uh points of view in the story so you only know as much as the person who's narrating in that moment and it makes the pace of the book really fast and and just keeps things kind of tripping right along um i think this was a reese pick if i'm remembering yeah i think correctly yeah Mm -hmm. and and i can totally see why it it was such a huge hit um i think i read it in a a single sitting in the afternoon because Mm -hmm. it just goes down super easy the the Um, chapters are really short and Mm -hmm. you're just shifting perspectives really quickly um and it's it's like a a locked room mystery on an island so it's it's very fun um and and then again it's it's a wedding that I will never ever (laughs) get to attend (laughs) so it's fun to be in that in that space and to see people who um have this impeccable breeding and this impeccable uh pedigree and they just are are not my people right. but I want to I want to be there to see how things can go wrong so uh that is The Guest List by Lucy Foley. I just finished a Lucy Foley
0: book this morning. Oh was it The Paris Apartment it that I'm was the Paris apartment. looking at right now? Yes it was I listened to the audiobook and I just oh, finished fun. it this morning yeah it wasn't my favorite I'll be honest but I uh I did read The Guest List and liked it but yeah um, this one was a little bit slow for me but I also think I've rather distracted these days so yeah, i would not it doesn't help i would not <laughs> fault the book for the fact that maybe it wasn't for me right now yeah um all right my next one is save the date by morgan Matson. this is a teen book and this one also takes place over a wedding weekend but this has a slightly different spin on it since it is a teen book the main character is the youngest sister of the bride her name is charlie the the main character And she's so excited because she has these four older siblings. They're all going to be coming back for the wedding. And then, of course, her sister is the one getting married. And Charlie is somebody whose family is very, very important to her. So there has been a bit of a rift in the family uh, between, I believe, one of her brothers and her mom and dad. And so she's excited for this opportunity that the whole family will be back together again. She feels like maybe some healing will happen and she just loves, she's the baby of the family. She always feels like very safe and comforted when all of the family is home. So um, the other aspect of it is that right after the wedding, her parents are selling their family home. So this is a big time of change for Charlie. She is, has graduated or either is about to graduate from high school or has just graduated from high school. So she's moving on to college and then there's this change in uh, her, you know, her family's home being sold and then her sister getting married. So there's lots going on. Um, So, but she's looking at it positively. Like this is one last chance for everybody to be together in their childhood home. And then everything kind of falls apart. Like the the chaos (laughs) ensues pretty much. Uh, The wedding planner quits. And so Charlie offers to step in and help, make sure everything runs smoothly with the wedding. And as anyone who has ever tried to plan any sort of big event, there there's just lots of pieces and moving parts that you have to figure out. And so Charlie's trying to tr- juggle all of those while also trying to make it like this wonderful homecoming for her siblings and this wonderful send off for her sister. So she's just juggling a lot. Um, and at the same time, she's coming to terms with what her future looks like because she is going off to college and uh, she has always been a bit of a homebody, and so she's just looking at what her future could and should look like. And there's a little bit of romance in there, anyway. It's just really cute and sweet. It captures, I think, really well the feeling of being still kind of a kid, but like on the precipice of being an adult. So you're you're sort of clinging to those aspects of being a child that you like and like I said like you feel comforted by but you're also ready to move out into the world and I think that this book does that really well Morgan Matson is I haven't actually read her most recent book I don't think but she was for a while she was a, a must read for me I just loved mm-hmm. every summer her she would have a book come out or every other summer maybe and and they were just perfect kind of summer reads usually in the romantic comedy vein and, um, really likable characters. And this one is no different. It's fun. The, the, the angst that comes around the wedding is pretty minor, especially compared to like the first book was a little bit of a, like I said, more satirical book than, than this one. This one's a more optimistic view of marriage and weddings and, (laughs) and families coming together. and, And I thought that that was really fun. So that's save the date by Morgan Matson.
1: Is this someone that has a cake falling over? Yeah, it's oh, like she's oh, on the cover. Oh, I love, yeah. yeah, I love that cover. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. Next is "People We Hate at the Wedding" by Grant Ginder, and um, it's about two siblings named Paul and Alice who receive an invite to their half sister Eloise's lavish wedding, and they immediately call each other to commiserate about how much they hate everything about it. <laughs> <laughs> They they sort of have this fraught relationship with with Eloise because she is the daughter of their mother, Donna. And Mm. she comes from from Donna's first marriage to a rich Frenchman who um, had the money to pamper Eloise. And so she went to private schools and a finishing school and vacations at all these really exotic places and lives off of of a trust fund. And she's getting married in London. And so it's just going to be really extravagant. Mm -hmm. So uh, Paul and Alice... Um, hate that but then they also hate her because she's genuinely a good person ah! and they, they just can't deal with that so um, they, she pretty much represents everything that's that they don't have in their lives because, because she has had everything sort of go well for her mm-hmm. where Alice is in this dead end job and she's having an affair with her married boss and oh. Um, Yeah, it's a great choice. And Paul lives with his uh, older professor boyfriend who has started to make some statements that indicate that he is looking for an open relationship. Mm -hmm. And so they both are just not feeling good about themselves right now. And then Donna has she's she's just sort of floating through life uh, with a drink pretty much at all times. So none of them are really feeling great about going to this wedding, but they have to do it. So um, you can imagine the kind of track this book is going to take. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like this is sort of a a very common setup. Um, And I will say that this book has, it's full of terrible people doing terrible things. And so if that's not something that you enjoy or find funny or sort of cathartic to read, then this isn't the book for you. Mm. Um, It has very, very mixed reviews on Goodreads because people seem to either love it or hate it and so um so just know if that's not your thing it's not going to get better in this but I I enjoyed it I I like seeing terrible people do terrible things so I I think that's fun um and ultimately I did think that it's a it's more about how you have to come together as a family at times and sort of overcome your own insecurities to support the people that you love Mm -hmm. and that's very often a common thread that goes through um weddings and Mm -hmm. the the things you have to put aside of of your own insecurities to to be there for someone. So that is People We
0: People We Hate at the Wedding by Grant Ginder. I remember wanting to read that when that came out and his new one is getting really good reviews. Oh gosh, the title is escaping me of course but Yeah, I can picture the cover, but I can't think of black and white. But anyway, uh, Let's Never Do That Again. Is that what it's called? Something I think like that. so. Um, anyway, it doesn't matter. That's not the book we're talking about today. But I do remember, uh, talk about good covers. There was a good cover on um, People We hated at the Wedding, too. For. Yeah,
1: for sure. Um, okay. I actually think I have a tote. I think the publisher sent me a tote bag of that. Really? And I... And I- I think I just lost. I lost all of my reusable bags recently. Oh. I, I have no idea what happened to them. Like, I huh. don't. I, did someone steal them from my car? That's a weird thing to steal. Yeah. But I did have a really great tote bag, and now it's oh, it's gone.
0: Sad. Yeah. Sad.
1: It probably maybe. fell off the car or something. At some yeah, point. maybe it was
0: set aside somewhere and never never made it back to your car. Yeah. All right. So my last one is "I'm So Not Over You" by so- Kosoko Jackson. Uh, full disclosure, I am in the middle of reading this one. I have not finished this one. Oh, I'm looking um, at
1: that one too right now. I can oh, see that on you? my shelf. Yeah. yeah.
0: So this is a romantic comedy. It opens up with uh, Kean Andrews meeting up with his ex-boyfriend Hudson Rivers uh, at oh a coffee shop. They have, they have broken up. They haven't spoken. And then Kean gets um, a text from Hudson saying it's kind of urgent. We need to meet. So he's wondering what's what's the deal? Why are we meeting? We haven't spoken. And Kian is maybe not completely over the breakup, but he wants to pretend that he is when he sees Hudson. Um, But he also maybe wants to get answers to why they broke up because he's feeling a little bit unsettled. And he also secretly is hoping that Hudson will maybe say, let's get back together. So there's all sorts (laughs) of, you know, it's all those things that happen when you're seeing somebody that you broke up with. It's like all these mixed feelings. They see each other and Hudson does say he wants to get back together but only for a day or two and it's because he has never told his parents that they broke up and so he wants Kean to pretend to be his boyfriend just to go to dinner with his parents uh, because his parents loved kian thought it was the only good thing that hudson had ever done in his life was to be with him and so he doesn't want to tell them that they broke up because they'll be disappointed and it will just bring up all these negative feelings about their opinions about his life choices so Kian is unemployed at the moment, and Hudson offers him a job opportunity to connect him with a job opportunity if he does this. So he, he makes it worth his while to come to dinner. And so Kian's like, all right, I guess I'll go. I have, he's very reluctant to do it, but he goes. Well, then when they're at this dinner, Hudson's mom springs the fact that there is a family wedding happening in Georgia, And they're both expected to be there (laughs) because, of course, (laughs) if you're dating somebody, you bring them to a family wedding. Like, why wouldn't they both go to this wedding if they're dating? So they end up going to this wedding. And as they spend the wedding weekend together, they start rekindling some of their old feelings, as as you would expect. But also, they are confronting some of the reasons why they broke up to begin with and what those... Th- those haven't. Those issues haven't gone away. It's a romantic comedy, and it, in all the best ways, you know, like all the all the ways we want it. But then it also looks at at some of the the issues that they faced, and it's also. Um, about black characters, and that we don't we don't always see this pairing in romantic comedies so right. like that of two men. So, like I said, I haven't finished it yet, so I can't speak to how it ends. But I would imagine I have an an idea of whether or not they end up together in the end. <laughs> uh, and so that is I'm so not over you by Kosoko Jackson. Okay, so now those are all of our wedding books. Uh, we will take a break. We'll be right back with what we're reading this week.
1: listening to the children on the hill by jennifer mcmahon i say, i think how you pronounce her name i would say mcmahon i didn't look that up at all <laughs> usually i do anyway it's a, lo- a loose retelling of frankenstein and oh, okay. it has lots of time jumps so um so that it, it's kind of hard to describe as time jump books often are um but it starts in 1978 when a 13 year old girl named vi um is living with her little brother, Eric, at a mental institution in Vermont. And their grandmother is Dr. Helen uh, Hildreth. And she's a famous psychiatrist who is known for her compassion toward the mentally ill um, and the, the patients that she treats who live there. And um, that's her reputation. But as you're reading, you sort of think her methods seem not quite compassionate Mm -hmm. (laughs) so um but that's that's vi's view she she really loves her grandmother and so since we're seeing this from her perspective then then that makes sense for vi and for eric they're all just one of they're they're part of one big family these these are their their friends and their brothers and sisters who who are these patients that they live with Mm -hmm. so um one day helen brings home a little girl named iris and she doesn't speak and she Um, sort of acts almost feral, and she has some really strange scars, but um, Vi quickly accepts her as a sister, and so the three of them form a monster club, and they write a book that catalogs the monsters of the world and how to defeat them, and through this, Iris begins to speak and starts to act a little bit more like a regular girl, but she still has some odd behaviors. So then the book jumps to uh, 2019, and there's a woman named Lizzie Shelley who is a famous a cryptozoologist, not a cryptologist, which is what I first wrote. That is something different. What's
0: a cryptozoologist? That's
1: someone who studies like monsters, basically like cryptids and and Bigfoot and that kind of thing. So um, she is in that world, she's very famous and she she has a popular podcast and she goes on those kinds of like ghost hunter cable show types Mm -hmm. of things. And so she decides that she, um, her next case is going to be going up to Vermont to explore the disappearance of a young woman who uh, was known to have said the day before she went missing that she had seen a monster. And Lizzie knows that this is following a pattern that she has, has started to um, notice over the past several years. And she mm-hmm. believes that she's the only person who can find out who this monster is because of her own experiences at Helen Hildress Institution. So... Um, so that's the sort of gothic-y setup mm-hmm. of, of this. I will say that I've had kind of a hard time getting into it. It's, it definitely is a slow burn mm-hmm. start to the book. Um, and I was considering quitting it. And then I looked at reviews and everyone just was gushing over how things develop. And so I think oh, that okay. it's maybe one that just, uh, it also could be me where I have right. other things on my mind. And so I'm I, it wasn't really grabbing me. But But I tend in those situations to try to go look at reviews and to see, is this something that's, That this is a known uh, entity with this with this book (laughs) Um, and so lots of people i trust are really gushing about it and so i'm thinking that i will stick with it and it sounds like it gets really intense as they as it goes along which i'm a huge fan of that in books so um so i think this this will be a fun one for me and that is the children on the hill by jennifer mcmahon
0: okay you'll have to let me know how that turns out yeah for sure because yeah sometimes you know that's always a debate i have in my head when something isn't catching my attention or sort of slow at the beginning. And sometimes I think, well, maybe, though, this is all just building to something that's right. going to be that much better if I stick with it. But then other times I stick with it. And then I'm like, oh, I should have stopped that. Yeah. I, yeah. Because, <laughs> so it's hard to know. It's such a, sort it's of a really hard problem. It's hard to know whether to give it up or not. I'm, yeah. I'm more of a person that gives up now because of after... Having been on an awards committee where you have to read so much, it was just a—it uh, was imperative that you were able to put books aside because you just couldn't get through everything otherwise. Right. Uh, but, but yeah. Right, and that's why sometimes. I
1: almost did with this one because right. I'm like, this just isn't doing a lot yeah. for me. But then I, I read so many reviews that said, oh my gosh, the way this turns out is so good, and so oh, okay. I decided I would stick with it.
0: All right. Well, yeah, you'll have to let me know. All right. So what I am reading is Cover Story by Susan Rigetti. I actually just finished this. I will say, if you like TV shows like Inventing Anna or The Tinder Swindler or maybe even The Dropout, like anything about people scamming other yes. people, this is the book for you. Yee-hoo. So it is about a college student named Laura who is an aspiring writer. She gets a an internship at Elle Magazine and it's clear that something has happened to her in college. So she... I think she'd gone to a community college or kind of like a uh, – I don't, I don't remember the exact order. But she goes to uh, a school where she's very successful, and then she transfers to NYU or Columbia. And it's clear that there's something has happened that is impacting whether or not she's even going to go back to school that fall. Like she had a scholarship, and her scholarship is in jeopardy. And so she's taken this internship at L, and is very hopeful – that this will turn things around for her. It will either open up career opportunities for her or get her back on the right track, or at least just buy her time before she has to tell her parents that she might not be going back to college. Like You're not quite sure what happens, it's very vague what what these references are to what happened to her. So, But she's taking her internship very seriously, and one day she sees this woman who's kind of, seemed very glamorous, and she seems to be capturing everybody's attention. standing and talking in front of a room full of people and uh, Laura's like asks another intern who's that like who's that woman and her name this woman's name is Kat Wolf and she is an editor at Elle the other interns are saying oh yeah her dad is super wealthy he has all this money and and she lives a very glamorous life and she's just a um, not a part-time editor but I don't don't know what you would call it but she's not it's not like she's a she works full time at L. Like she's a oh, special okay. specialized editor. So she sort of takes Laura under her wing in a way. She singles Laura out uh, to help her with some articles that she's writing and asks Laura to help her research some writing. And Laura feels very special. She feels like she's been handpicked, and so she's excited about this. But as the reader, you know, because from the very beginning of the book there is an FBI investigation happening <gasps> into cat and who she is so you are reading the book knowing that there's other stuff going on but Laura is naive and does you know she's in the dark she doesn't know that cat isn't maybe who she says she is so cat offers to Laura that she will so they they work together on some projects and Laura is doing some research for her and then Kat reads some of Laura's writing. And so they make this—they strike this deal, because Laura can write really well, but maybe doesn't have the most original ideas. And Kat has original ideas, but her writing isn't very strong. So they, they strike this deal that they'll work together, and Laura will basically be Kat's ghostwriter, and Kat will put up Laura in her suite at the plaza. So Laura won't have to worry about paying for an apartment. She won't have to worry about paying for food, because everything is just charged the hotel room. Kat says her dad's paying for everything and Laura doesn't have to worry about it, but she can't be super obvious about the fact that she's staying in her suite at the plaza because her dad would get really mad if he knew that he was supporting two people, not just his own daughter. And so Laura jumps at the chance because she's in kind of dire straits financially. And also she thinks this might be an opportunity to grow as an author and become recognized as an author. And then as you watch, as you're the reader and you're watching, it becomes extremely clear that this is not going to turn out well. Like Kat is not at all who she says she is. Uh, she's scamming people every which way. Uh, if you Again, if you watch any of these TV shows, none of this is going to be news to you. I think the fascinating part about stories like this is just to see kind of how it happens and... Right. It's so foreign to me, the concept of even doing this, like how you would get started doing this and how you, how you leverage any money or notoriety you do have into further opportunities. So, you know, if you get right. a little, you know, if people start assuming you have money that they, they're, they don't come after you as hard when you have like a $65,000 hotel bill because they think you're good for it because they think yeah, there's this understanding that you have a lot of money and so you'll cover it eventually and they don't want to make you mad um because you have all this influence kind of thing so that's fascinating to me just the way these scams work and it, yeah it was really interesting so that is and i don't think i'm giving anything away because you do know from the very beginning cat is not who she says she is okay. so i'll just say that like that <laughs> it's from the very first pages so i don't want anyone listening thinking I'm giving any spoilers away. That's very clear from the beginning. So it's really more about watching Laura be taken into her world and then this FBI investigation and how that all unravels. So that is Cover Story by Susan Rigetti. I will say it's not really a thriller, though. Even though there's an investigation, I wouldn't really consider it a thriller. Uh, It does have some suspenseful aspects to it, but it's not what I would think of as... A thriller. It's really more of this scam story. Mm-hmm. Right. I want to read that. That, that
1: sounds so fun.
0: Want... It's fun. It's really fun. It's a good, as we're approaching summer, it would be a great book to take to the beach or sit by the pool or wherever you vacation or on the plane. Like, it's a good one. It's a fast, fast moving, fast paced book. You kind of speed oh, through it. But can I, I want to read it on
1: the plane. I'm, I'm oh, doing some could. traveling and I, and I, but I have to read strategically, too, for oh, sorry. reading this yeah. stuff. Yeah. Oh, sorry. That is very tempting to try to fit it in somewhere.
0: yeah <laughs> Oh, you, it, it's a, it, it is quick to read, so you could probably try to fit it in if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> it is very similar to Anna Delvey's story. I'll say that. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of nods to Anna Delvey, like with a, uh, an accent that's sort of a mix of different... Russian-German accent. All I could picture was watching the actress and inventing Anna and her accent. It was kind of fun. Okay. Uh, All right. Well, that's it for us today. Do you want to go back and list off all the books we talked about? Yeah. um, I talked about
1: Destination Wedding by Diksha Basu, The um, Guest List by Lucy Foley, People We Hate at the Wedding by Grant Ginder, and uh, what I'm reading this week is The Children on the Hill by Jennifer McMahon.
0: And I talked about Seating Arrangements by Maggie Shipstead, Save the Date by Morgan Matson, I'm So Not Over You by Kosoko Jackson, and what I was reading this week is Cover Story by Susan Rigetti. So just a reminder, I shared this in our last episode, but we are taking a little break after this episode. As we have mentioned multiple times, I'm getting married and going, uh, <laughs> Anne is at, well, let, let's say first, Anne is going on. nice long trip and then i'm getting married and taking a nice long honeymoon um, and then we will be back probably sometime in june is my guess Um, we should hopefully not be too long of a break but just so you know there will be a bit of a break Um, but if during that break you want to get in touch with us to give us feedback or a suggestion on a topic you'd like us to discuss You can email us at wellreadpod at gmail.com. You can find us on our Facebook page or on Twitter or Instagram at wellreadpodcast. Please rate and review us on wherever you are listening to this podcast. It really helps us. It helps other people find the show. Our theme music is Kitten by Poddington Bear. We keep our show notes at wellreadpodcast.wordpress.com, where you can find a listing of every book we talked about in this and every episode. Thank you all for listening.